you by naturopathicearth.com. Here is certified health coach A. Gregory Luna with Confessions of an Obese Child. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. Of course, you can call me Gregory. And welcome back to another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. I hope you are doing well today in the midst of summer. I am recording this podcast in Prince Edward Island over in the northeastern part of Canada in the Maritime Provinces. If you guys have been listening to NPE Radio and a cold health news, you know that I've been taking a two-week trip of the Maritimes and I knocked out all four of the provinces over there, which are New Brunswick, which nobody really goes to, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland. And I did that in a week, and so I have another five days remaining. So I decided to go back to my favorite province, which is Prince Edward Island. It's a it's a lovely island. It's where it's the setting of Anne of Green Gables, and it has rolling green hills. And the capital, Charlottetown, is is a quaint little, cute Victorian town, and it just has beauty. It's just a great province, and I am recording confessions. From there, today we're going to talk about fat shaming versus body positive because I find this to be a fascinating topic and I also believe it is a very pertinent topic, especially those who are currently overweight and even for those like myself who are formerly overweight. If you don't know, if you are new to this podcast stream, I was a morbidly overweight child and I lost my weight back when I was about 18 years old and I lost over 100 pounds and I've now kept it off for 25 plus years. But the lingering effects of being ridiculed and mortified during those formative years lingered on into my adulthood and that's one of the reasons I have this podcast is to talk about that and to address that and then to interview like-minded people uh, last episode, of course, we interviewed Heather. Hopefully, you listened to that episode and got something out of it. And then I will be interviewing somebody in the next episode. But I felt like this was an important topic to cover. All right, for those of you who are not aware of the terminology, body positive means essentially that you should accept your body the way it is. And women in particular, but both sexes, have a tendency, a proclivity to always denigrate their body. You can, I mean, a, a great example would be for Mean Girls when Katie goes and visits Regina George's house for the first time and Amy Poehler is the mom and the... Uh, the plastics look in the mirror and they're all finding very peculiar things wrong with their body and you look at them and they're just beautiful right but you always find the 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 the, the most minute imperfection and fixate on that so vis-a-vis obesity the body positive image or body positive movement would be fat glorifying or accepting your body so if you're morbidly overweight I'm morbidly overweight, and I'm proud of it, and I love my overweight body, and I'm going to own it, and so forth. And the body positive movement has certain laudable characteristics, 
if any of you watch the show uh, This Is Us, one of the daughters in that show is, we'll use the euphemism here, plus size. She's overweight, right? She's morbidly overweight. And there is a model, and I can't remember her name, that she's a plus size model. And both of these actresses, they bring out to kind of use as a poster person for body positive obese people. Now, I think to a certain extent, this is good. This is good because there's going to be adolescent girls who hate their body uh, because they're overweight and they see these actors and actresses who are body positive and overweight and who at least ostensibly say they love their bodies. And so the, the teenage girl will be like, well, these actresses love their bodies, so I need to love my body as well. So that is essentially what the body positive movement is. Fat shaming is a little easier to explain. Fat shaming is making fun of fat people and telling them that they're bad or horrible for being overweight and bullying them and ridiculing them. And like in my case, for example, calling me, you know, she boy back in the summer camp episode or hey, 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 it's Fat Albert or earthquakes are coming or all the all the litany of names that I was called in the, in the past episodes. And of course, if you didn't listen to those early confessions, I definitely recommend you listen to 4 through 14. Those are probably the ones that deal the most with uh, the bullying that occurred to me. So fat shaming is not good. I had talked about in the episode on the competitive eater, where I used to be a competitive uh, pizza eater. I would challenge kids at the local pizzeria on who could eat more pizza. And at the end of that, I talk about my frustration and my disgust of going to all-you-can-eat buffets similar to Golden Corral, for example, and seeing very overweight parents with their very overweight children going back and getting more and more food and feeding at the trough. And I got I get angry at that because these children are tabula rasa, they're a clean slate, and these parents are abusing them on one level in that they are causing these children to become overweight and therefore have a shorter life expectancy in the long run, not to mention all the societal stigmas associated with it. So here, here are some issues with fat shaming. So they've done some studies on fat shaming, and fat shaming is dangerous, of course, uh, being called all these names, these, these children, just like if you listen to my episode, The Dark Night of the Soul, I contemplated suicide and I was a cutter for some time before I lost my weight and even after I lost my weight. So certainly fat shaming, people doing it to you and you doing it to yourself, uh, the self-loathing that comes with it, which we've talked about in past episodes, is counterproductive at the least. It's crushing to your confidence and it isolates you and it makes you turn to self-destructive behavior. Another thing is that fat shaming, of course, puts you on a, a bit a, a quicker road to developing eating disorders because you want to lose the weight so quickly, and so you will do some of these these scammy, shammy, quickie diets to lose the weight. And 
they don't work, right? 95% of people who lose a lot of weight, significant amount of weight, gain it back. And these diets are not long-term lifestyle changes. That is the only thing that's really going to make you lose your weight as well as keep it off. So yeah, you can do a 30-day diet and then as soon as you lose your weight, let's say you lose 40 pounds or whatnot, and then you go back to eating uh, pizzas and hamburgers and all the sugar drinks and you drink alcohol and all these things, well, of course you're going to gain your weight back. You need to have a paradigm shift, a paradigmatic change in your eating to more of a lifestyle. So not just the eating because we know 70% of weight loss and weight maintenance is diet. Only 30%, 20% is actually exercise and another 10% is lifestyle stuff. So we know that you have to change not just the diet but the overall lifestyle, the sleeping and all these things. So I've mentioned in this in this podcast series, of course, all the numerous disordered eating tendencies that I had post-weight loss when I was in my 20s and in my 30s. Now, do I attribute that to the fat shaming that I got as a kid? Not really, but it certainly could contribute to it. I attribute it more to I never had ordered eating. I always had disordered eating going back to when I was a child. So just because you've lost your weight doesn't mean one day you wake up and like, oh, it's a brand new day. Now I know how to eat. I'll just eat until I'm no longer hungry. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. So another tendency is we look at Disney. We look at movies. And of course, we all know the models are typically very tall, very slim, slender, very slim, the, the, the narrow waist, the large breasts, the wide hips. Uh, but they Photoshop them, of course. And even if you look at something like Disney, Disney is notorious for having these super skinny waists. If you look at somebody like Jasmine from Aladdin, Belle, Ariel from Little Mermaid, even going back to Sleeping Beauty, uh, these women with just impossible bodies. Now, you might, have, you might have heard those corset wearers, those women who wear those really tight corsets that if you wear them, most of the day for, for weeks, if not years, you can develop that extremely slim waist with the large uh, breasts and, and the wide hips. But in general, little girls look at these cartoons and these movies and they then look at their body and of course they can't emulate that and so they have a lot of, of shame. The other thing is, is fat shaming doesn't work. And I talked about this when I was at the Competitive Eater and the Big and Tall store, which is a really good episode, episode 14, when I talk about my ventures into the Big and Tall store and all the shaming that went on there. Fat shaming doesn't work. If somebody had come up to me when I was 15, and I, I mentioned this in the amusement park when I had the German guys, I, I, I worked, <laughs> this is what I do, I ingratiate myself into some, some employer and ask them if I can work for free in exchange for food. So the German guys, you know, the German men that I worked for at the at Astroworld were like, you're fat, you need to lose weight. And it had someone come up to me one day and said, Albert, you are fat, you're going to die young, you need to lose weight. Which is a form of fat shaming, even though it perhaps has well-intentioned goals. I would not have been like, you know what, stranger, you're right. I need to lose weight. I'm going to go do that right now. It doesn't work, but but to 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 a certain point it might because I talked about it. How did I lose my weight? Episode when Coach Webster told me that it scared the shit out of me. 
sheetrock out of me, sorry. And it worked at that point. So maybe fat shaming works if it's aligned with a certain period in your life where you need to hear that. But the studies show that being bullied and being discriminated doesn't as a whole make people wake up to want to lose weight. Okay, so these are some issues with fat shaming. Now, body positive movement is problematic in another way, in my opinion. Okay, so over in the UK, there was a little scandal a few years back. The Cancer Research UK organization had a billboard, and they had some advertisements, and they had a pack of cigarettes. And on the pack of the front of the pack of the cigarettes, it said the statement, guess what is the biggest preventable cause of cancer after smoking? And then next to it, or if it was in the, the visual ad, uh, the next the next part of it flipped open, the cigarette pack flipped open, and it said obesity. Obesity, which is true. We know, if you listen to the MP radio episodes on cancer, we know that alcohol, smoking, and obesity are the three biggest risk factors for all types of cancer. Now, there was blowback, you know, not, not too surprising. There was some blowback in social media about how this was a form of fat shaming. But here's, here's, the, here's my issue with the body positive movement. We know, and this isn't even debated, growing up overweight and maintaining obesity, morbidly obese, obesity especially, but mostly all forms of obesity, shortens your life expectancy, increases your chances of getting cancer, increases your chances of getting heart disease, Increases your chances of getting, of course, diabetes. Increases your chances of arthritis. And these are just some of, of the many physical issues with obesity. And then if you look at the societal ones, we've talked about it on this podcast feed. The stigma, the ostracization, the isolation, the, the things uh, that... It, it's almost like the opposite of white privilege. It's like when you're fat, you're, you're either invisible to the opposite sex or you're denigrated by both sexes for being a lazy piece of sheetrock just because you're overweight. Now, that, that in itself is wrong, that, that regular-sized people look at overweight people and think that they're just lazy and that's why they're overweight. Now, I don't agree with that assessment. But this body-positive body fat glorification kind of movement is problematic because the science doesn't back it up, guys. The science does not back it up. So what, what should we do? We have the onus is on healthcare providers or even if you know somebody that you love uh, who's overweight to talk to them about this. Because the, the issue with the body positive movement is that it could lull somebody into staying overweight. Like, oh, you, you know, the girl on, on This Is Us, she's overweight and she's 
you know, on magazine covers and says that she's happy with her weight, blah, 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 and she's living a great life and, and so forth. So if she's doing it, I can do it. And there's no motivation or impetus to change and to lose the weight. That's the problem with it. So a more honest discussion needs to be go to that overweight person and say, look, I love you. And because I love you, I need to tell you these things. Because a lot of these people are on one level are on denial about the long-term health implications of being overweight. They're not doing the research. They're not really reading about it. Because when you're overweight, you don't want to read anything about what your lifestyle is doing to your body. But probably they know the, the societal stigmas about it. And maybe they know it lowers your short, your shortens your life expectancy. But to sit down and say, look, if you maintain this lifestyle and you stay 200 pounds, 250, 300, 600, whatever pounds they are, you will die young. And I don't want you to die young. And this would be not a perfect analogy to the broccoli and the teeth analogy. So a good friend goes to the friend with the broccoli and the teeth and says, look, you have broccoli on your teeth. Take it out. And then the person would be like, thank you, because even though it might have been a moment of discomfort, it's going to pass. And in the long run, you were a better friend by telling your friend that she had broccoli in the teeth. Imagine that person kept going around the whole day and having broccoli in the teeth and nobody told him and people snickered at him. So it's not the perfect parallel, but it's, it's, it's similar in that this is what they need to hear. I needed to hear this when I was overweight. And many times when the dietitians would tell me this when I was 14, 15, 16, before I, I lost my weight, I didn't want to hear it or I, I sublimated it and I kind of channeled it into a, a part of my mind where I didn't want to hear about it. Or I used it as a tool for self-loathing to go binge eat. But I reached a point where when Coach Webster told me that, it hit home. And had he not told me that or had people not told me that, I probably would have stayed overweight. So yes, there is an onus to tell people you're going to die young, you're going to get heart disease, you're likely going to get cancer, you're going to have this problem and that problem, and you don't want this, I don't want this, and I love you. So this is the issue. So do we want to fat shame? No. Do we want to have body positive fat glorification? No, in my opinion. Now, if I were to bring on some feminist or some certain healthcare providers, they would be angry with what I'm saying. But look, I offer a unique perspective because I was there. I was there. I know what it's like. These people who might be not an advocate of what I'm espousing don't know what it's like. And the other thing I want to mention, and this is kind of my last point, is a lot of the people who are overweight and are interviewed, and I can think of just a couple off the top of my head, Kirstie Allen, for those of you who are older, she was the actress on Cheers and Look Who's Talking, and she gained a lot of weight and then later lost it. So she gained a lot of weight. She was on People Magazine and said, oh, I, I am who I am. I love myself for this. And then she lost her weight. And then she was interviewed later by People Magazine, like, oh, I was dealing with eating disorders and all this, and now I'm happy. Kelly Clarkson, she gained uh, a significant amount of weight recently. Now she lost it. And here, here is my issue with with this kind of hypocrisy that you see among celebrities. And celebrities have such a power and influence over us, and especially over the youth, is that when they are overweight, 
they say all the body positive statements, right? Uh, look at Adele. Adele's another one. She lost a, a, a good amount of weight too. Look at Jonah Hill, the actor. So if these people were really believing in the body positive movement of I'm, I'm fat and I love who I am, then why are they losing weight? Why are they dieting? Why are they working out? Because it's a cover because all fat people, of course, want to be regular weight. We want to be regular weight. But we have to rationalize and spin it in our head that body positive is, is good and that being overweight is fine and I love who I am. But they don't love who they are. If you honestly talk to somebody who's overweight and you ask, would you, would you rather be who you are and when you're espousing what you're espousing or would you rather be regular weight? All of them, of course, are going to say they want to be regular weight. So if you look at these celebrities who are overweight and they get interviewed and like, oh, I love myself, I'm you know, dancing and they're overweight and all these things, and then they come back and they, and they get interviewed after they lost their weight, they always said they're happier. Well, what kind of message, again, is that sending to, to the youth? So my, my takeaway point at the end is, yes, we need to tell overweight people that they're overweight and that they need to fix their life do the deep work, as we've used that expression in many of these former episodes. Get down to the core. Find out why you did the emotional eating as a youth that made you overweight. And then remedy it. Rectify it. Fix it so you no longer do it. And then either employ trainers or you can do it on your own. There's so many resources now where you don't, you don't have to do that to hire a trainer. But then definitely lose the weight. Lose the weight. If you love somebody, you tell them you need to lose the weight. Just like if you know somebody who's, a, who's addicted to drugs. Now, some people would say obesity is a disease, and it is a disease on the strictest definition. But I believe, and again, I have a unique experience on this, a unique perspective, it is a lifestyle choice, guys. Most of the time, now, there are certain medications that can cause you to become overweight, like you're taking steroids or you have a thyroid problem. But as a whole, most overweight people are overweight because of disordered eating and because of trauma that happened to them. Perhaps they were sexually molested and so they felt like eating a lot and becoming overweight would protect them and buffer them from ever being sexually molested again, for example. But most of the time, and I was this way, I ate and had nothing to do with the disease. I overate to numb the pain and as a result I became overweight. So I think we need to have an honest discussion with overweight people and say, look, it, it is a certain sanctuary to immerse yourself in the body positive fat glorification movement. But kind of understand that that's a sham. It is a sham and it is a mirage because all the people that are overweight that are espousing this ultimately either lose weight or want to lose weight. So it is best to gravitate toward the I need to lose weight. I need to get my weight down because I want to live a long time. So if it requires a certain amount of more benign, innocuous fat shaming, then I am okay with that because the status quo of the disordered eating, the emotional eating, isn't going to make you better. It's just going to make you gain more and more weight and make it harder to get to a healthy weight again. So we don't want to tell fat people, overweight people, 
oh, you're a horrible piece of sheetrock. You're a miserable per, you know, person. You have absolutely no self-worth. Of course we don't want to do that. That is fat shaming to the most heinous level. But we do want to sit there down and say, you need to lose this weight. It's extremely important. And I will support you in any way I can support you. But you must do this. Parents, for example, need to say this. Like I have students who are overweight in San Antonio, Texas. It's, it's, it's an epidemic. And the parents, even if they're overweight, need to say it to their kids when they're still in middle school or high school. They need to say these things because these statements are an act of true love. And denying it or, or, or even worse, enabling it and you see this with parents, going back to the Golden Corral example, overweight parents, and they enable their kids to eat bad food to make them not feel as bad that they, the parent, are eating bad foods too. So you, you, they're all kind of in this cycle of codependency of poor eating that keep them all on this path to morbid, morbid obesity. So parents, family, friends need to talk to the people about this, it is crucial to do it because the younger you can resolve it, the better. I was fortunate to lose my weight at 18 and keep it off. And it's certainly easier when you're younger because the fat cells under the age of 18, you can dispose of them. They can be taken out of the body, evaporated out of the body. But once you reach age 18, they can only be shrunken. And so the problem with that, like for my example, as soon as you start eating just a little more junk food, you can, you can gain like 5, 10 pounds very fast because you still have these adipose cells and they can just get big and then you get big. But then the, 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 the kind of the good thing is that if you, if you eat well or whatnot, they shrink back down pretty fast. But it's pretty easy to gain the weight back. So if you don't agree with what I'm saying, if you think that I am fat shaming by even bringing uh, this up, please, by all means, contact me. I've never been a big fan of euphemisms in the politically correct culture. So like the term plus size model, I don't like that term. I don't like that term. I like, I don't know exactly what term would be better than plus size model, but just like the term big and tall store, big and tall. When you hear that, it's like, oh, you're just like 6'5", you're, or you're like, a, you know, like Lou Ferrigno. No, big and tall is a euphemism, and I talk about this in the episode, for freakishly tall circus people, like people with acromegaly or gigantism, like Andre the Giant, or extremely fat people. But they don't want to say, they don't want to name the store freakishly tall and super fat store, because again, that, people wouldn't go to that, so they have to spin, the advertisers have to spin it. And my, I just don't like the term plus size model. And to me, the term overweight is not derogatory. It's not, in my opinion. Because, again, you are over the weight that you should be. So let's call a spade a spade and use the right term. Now, do I find the term fat to be fat shaming or derogatory or pejorative? I I, I, I don't. I'm like one of those old people. If you ever talk to people in their 80s and they call black people coloreds, and you're like, that's a term we don't use. Now, I, I grew up with the word fat, and it was not a big deal to use that, that word. Now, it, it is almost anathema to use that term, and it's considered a form of, of bullying and fat shaming to use the word fat, and we have to use plus size or overweight or, 
or large or something like that. And I don't believe that. I think that we should use the proper words. And overweight is fine. And I think even fat is fine. So if you have some issues with what I'm saying, by all means, contact me through the website, through the podcast, uh, through social media, and we can further this discussion. If any of you know anybody who's overweight or anybody that has issues or has lost weight and still has disordered eating, please forward this episode to them and have them contact me. I'm always looking to interview people. And as I've mentioned in the previous episode with Heather, it is difficult to find people who want to talk about uh, this traumatic time of their life. A lot of people want to talk about, I want to say a lot, but there are people who want to talk about when they lost the weight, like Heather liked talking about when, when she lost the weight. But to find people to go back to that traumatic time to talk about why they became overweight and talk about the subsequent bullying is difficult. It's difficult. I don't have a problem talking about it because I guess that's just the way I'm wired. And I find this episode, this this stream to be cathartic and therapeutic. But I can certainly understand why people don't want to talk about it. But if you know anybody who would like to talk about it, please let them know. As always, guys, hit the subscribe button. For this podcast, Confessions of an Obese Child, it would take you a second. Also, subscribe to Naturopathy Earth Radio and Cold Health News. We just had we just released some episodes on the rise of STDs among gay people and the elderly. And I have an episode coming out next Monday on something that's actually very germane to this topic. It's the, the scam of Weight Watchers. And we talk about how Weight Watchers, the business model for Weight Watchers is they don't want you to lose your weight and keep it off. They know the statistics. 95% of people keep gaining their weight back, and they want return repeat customers. They don't want you to lose your weight because if you lost your weight and kept it off, you would never go back, and that customer, that's business they're not getting back. So we talk about how there's been some memos coming out of Weight Watchers that have been leaked where the, the, the CFO and others sorry, talk about this. They talk about how they don't want their clients to uh, lose the weight and so it is it is a large scam and i wish people who are doing weight watchers and jenny craig would know about this go take a listen to that episode and peruse through all the episodes all right guys last thing please post a review for confessions of an obese child it would mean a lot to me until next time guys take care and god bless bye-bye thanks for listening to this episode of confessions of an obese child Make sure to visit us at www.naturopathicearth.com for additional confessions, wellness articles, recipes, and a whole lot more. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Naturopath Earth. See you next time.